take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms 23. When you're turning there, I want to share something with you. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, John said, I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse, he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his, on his head were, crown, were many crowns, and he had a name written. And no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon a white horses, and clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treaded the winepress of fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, as you read that, you realize that is the promise of a returning king. Jesus is a wonderful name. He's referred to as the Alpha and the Omega. He calls himself the beginning and the end, the, the Almighty, the Son of the living God, the bread of life. He's the great high priest, the King of kings, the light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah. What I want to look at this morning, the good shepherd. He's a shepherd who cares for his sheep. You think if you're a child of God, where would you be without that shepherd? You know, sheep without a shepherd cannot survive. <clears throat> and I think one of the reasons why is Jesus describes this kind of pretty closely. As he said, he, he talks about our heart in Matthew 15, 18, and 19. He says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from, forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart perceive evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. So we need a shepherd to make sure we're headed in the right direction. Because left on our own, we'd end up in utter destruction. I know that. I've been there. I, I understand that's just, that's just the way we are. You know, without God, where would we be? Without God, where would you be today? If you're a child of God, you never accepted Christ. Would you even be here today? With the things that we all do, the things we've all been through, I could honestly say for myself, I know I need a shepherd. And, and David tells us his, the, the Lord in Psalms 23, the Lord is his shepherd. Let's read it right quick. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before the, me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
What a beautiful psalm. We use a lot of times at funerals for comfort because when you hear this, what Christ does for us and see in writing the things that he does, it reminds you what a great shepherd he is. As David tells us, as we look at it in verse one, he is our shepherd. In verse two, we see that, that shepherd that comforts us. He says, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know, that is something to give you comfort during the time of stress and time of problems. No matter what you're facing, God said he's there for you. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, he said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comfort us in our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted of God. You know, as I read that verse, one thing that sticks out to me, those verses that stick out to me, is that word all. It's not just a few. It's not just certain things. But God says, I'll help you through all your problems. I'm there for you the whole thing. The problem is sometimes we don't think that he does. We don't act like he does. We try to handle things ourselves. That's like if I try to do certain things, there's certain things I can do. and There's certain things I don't need to do. Amen. And, and Julie reminds me of those constantly. And so she says, you need to call somebody. And so I said, yeah, you're right, because I don't need to. But uh, it's usually after I've attempted it myself. You know, a lot of times we have problems. We're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I got in this situation. Well, the thing was, you should have went to Jesus to start with. You know, I think sometimes we like, well, I'll do it later. How many of y'all have ever done it? Anybody, anybody procrastinate like me in here? I'm the world's worst at procrastinating. I've got a list that I need to get started on. I just procrastinate finding what I did with my list. And that's just the way I am. And, and I'm like, God, I'll, I'll come to you when, when I get a chance. I'll come to you later. I'll do it when no one else is around. I don't want nobody looking at me. And you know, I, I thought about that. I said, how many times have I needed a prayer? I needed help. And instead of doing it, I just sat there. And, and, and people come up. You ever notice what's the first thing you do when you see somebody? Hey, how you doing? We all lie. We're fine. Why? Because really, nobody, you, you wouldn't want me to come and say, well, Jimmy, my left toe hurt really bad this morning. And, and, and I had this ingrown toe on my other side. Then if we move up to my ankle, it's swollen. By the time I'm going, Jimmy's going, I wish you'd shut up. <laughs> nobody really wants to hear. Instead, though, we can say, hey, Jimmy, I got some problems. Can you pray with me? Can you pray for me? Can you lift me up? You know, I think part of our problems, it's like on Sunday mornings. Anybody ever come in here with a burden and a heartache and a thing and say, Lord, I'm going to bring it to you, but by the time we get to the end of the service, uh, that's a long way to walk to that altar. I'm just not going to do it. Sometimes you just need to get up. doesn't matter if we're preaching, singing, doing whatever it is, getting to the altar and say, God, I got a problem. Yeah. He's your shepherd. He's here to comfort you. We ought to do what he tells us to do. You know, David said in Psalms 118, verse 6, uh, he said, or four or five, excuse me. He said this. He said, let them that now fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. Now listen to this. They said, I called upon the Lord in distress. And he said, the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. See, God, not only did he hear them, but he says, I'm going to take care of you. 
I'm going to put you in a place that I've got you, that I'm with you. You know, we, our problem is, like I said, we don't rely on, we need to do like Paul said. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You listen to Paul, Paul said, I'm content in whatever state I am. You know, the only way you can be content in whatever state you are is if Jesus is the one that's comforting you all the time. Because if not, you're too worried about what state you're in. Paul says, I can do it. And let me tell you, Paul can do it. The same Holy Spirit that dwelled him and dwells us. Amen. We can be content. Say, Lord, I know I got problems, but hey, you're in charge. Amen. Yeah. I know I got this, but I know where I'm going. I know that I know that you're with me. I know that you answer me. I know that you will take care of me because your word said so. It might not be like I want. I remember as a kid saying, hey, mom, will you do this? And it's not what she did. She did what was right for me. God looks at you and does the same thing. Not everything you want is right for you. But he takes care of you. He comforts you. As our shepherd, he restores us. Look at verse 3. He restoreth my soul. What a promise. How many of you had bad times? How many of you had things happen to you? You say, well, I'm still in the middle of it. God said he's going to restore you. You know, he said in Joel chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, listen to what he says there. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, that he dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Do you hear what he said? He said, I'm going to restore to you. He said, well, preacher, I've prayed and things haven't come back. God's not done yet. Amen. He says he's promised this. He said, there's coming a day. There's coming a time when you're not going to want for anything. People say, oh, I wish you'd come now. That's not God's way he works. I'll tell you a secret. Take this book right here and read all of it. See what your future has in store for you. Amen. I mean, if you're looking for it here on the earth, man, you're looking for stuff that's going to fall away sometimes. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't restore unto us things. Hey, how many times has he restored the joy of your salvation? Anybody ever in here got burnt out, got tired, just did, didn't seem to like, God, you're not listening to me. And then all of a sudden you get back with him and you realize the blessing it is to be with him. Amen. You know, I, I think sometimes we're too caught up in the physical. We're too caught up in the, the monetary. And that's what we think of. And God's going, that's not what you need. What you need is me. What you need is my spirit. What you need is some joy. What you need is some fellowship. What you need is some love. I've got it all for you. You're too busy caught up wanting to get a car like the neighbor's got. Yeah. You say, well I, well, I lost my car. Well, maybe you didn't need to be driving. Uh, I, I, I've had people tell me I can't drive worth a flip. 
I don't see that. <laughs> I get scared right with other people. I've learned a secret. Get sunglasses. They never see you going. Especially now we wear masks. You, know, you ever notice that? But God said, I'm going to restore to you. I'm going to take care of you. I've wondered sometimes, oh, Lord, you know, I, I, I wish you'd do it now. And there's been times he has. In subtle ways. You know, we need to, to put all of our trust in, in God's hands. You know, after all, in 1 John 3, 20 says this, if, for, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Knoweth all things. See, sometimes what we want, God says, I know better. I'm greater than what you think. I've got you. And just because we don't see it right away doesn't mean God hadn't hurt us. He does answer. God's never early, too early, never too late. He's always right on time. His timing is perfect. You ever wonder why sometimes it's so long? Because that timing, it, it grows our faith. It forces us to wait and to, and to trust in God and to make certain that he's in control. You ever realize that? Sometimes it takes a while. You're like, Lord, why did I have to go through this for so long? He said, I wanted you stronger in your walk. I wanted you closer to me. How many of you been at the end of that rope and the only thing you had was God? You realize I'm about to drop it. He says, no, I've got you. And the next thing you know, you're, you're in a different place. Psalms 31 verses 14 and 15. David said, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. Many times, or in thy hand. David said, I trust you, God. I know you got me. You will restore me. You've promised it. Not only is our, he our restorer, but he's our protector. It said in verse 4 and 5, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Not only did he say he's protecting, but listen to this. He says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Yeah, you listen to what he said. He said, you, you not only are you watching over me, but you put a table for me in front of my enemies. If you've got time to eat, David was a warrior. And so he's saying this, Lord, I had time to stop, sit down, prepare a meal and eat. And you kept my enemies at bay. You know, I, I think we don't quite grasp the, the reality of that because if we get hungry, we just go through a drive through they had to do a lot to prepare a meal. He said, you prepared me a table. And, and so I, I was able to eat. I was safe because you protected me. 
Now notice how he protected them. He protected, protected with that rod and that staff. The staff and the rod were not really there for the enemy. It was for the sheep. Sometimes that protection comes when he teaches you. And you learn. And you get closer. Do you think the Bible's full of, of, of images of protection? They talk about God, he's a shield, he's a keeper, a fortress, a shelter, a hiding place, a stronghold. He was the pillar of fire that went before or behind the, the, the Israelites when the Egyptians were coming and kept them at, at bay. Jesus described himself as he was talking about Jerusalem as, as a mother hen eager to, to protect the, her children or brood with the wings. As he said in Luke 13, 34, he says, How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather the brood under her wings? He said, I've protected you. But the thing about it, Jerusalem and just like us, they refused it. How many times have we refused it? I think of myself, you know, I'm, you think of it as a child. How many of you did things you're like, it's a wonder I'm alive. Hey, we survived riding in the back of trucks without seatbelts. We made it, y'all. Drank from a hose pipe from the creek before they started dumping all poison in it. Yeah. God said, I protect you. How many times did you refuse to do what you were told to do by your parents when they were trying to watch you and keep you safe? I'll pick on Trent. He's not here, so he can't defend himself. Trent, don't touch that iron. Why? It's hot. Sit the iron down, eyes, iron shirts. What is it? Yes, it's the iron. Don't touch it. It's hot. His mama told him the same thing the day before. Don't touch it. It's hot. And we heard him scream. Whole hand. Not, not just a little bit, but the whole hand. Little, little boy, he was running around, couldn't stop, he was crying. And sometimes God says, don't do this, I'm trying to protect you. And you touch the iron. Don't do this. I showed you in my word where it's wrong. But that protector loves you even when you mess up he's right there for you he 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 keeps us safe he loves us listen to how jesus describes himself in john chapter 10 verse 27 through 29 he says my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me I give unto them eternal life, that they should never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now what God's saying here, what Jesus said, he's not saying that bad things won't happen. We're sheep after all. We run off. But he comes for us. He fights for us. He helps us to fight. He teaches us. You think he gave you armor so that you can battle every day. You ever thought about that? 
God didn't say, hey, you're saved now and you're on your own. You got an enemy out there, beware. He wants to destroy you. He's walking around as a lion seeking whom he might destroy. And so he told us that. He's warned us, but he said, I'm not going to leave you defenseless. I'm going to give you all the armor. Paul told us about it in Ephesians chapter 6. Listen to this. Starting in verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God said, I gave you the whole armor. I love you so much, want to protect you so much. I gave you something to handle daily battles. Put it on. Get ready. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, God's pretty good. Listen, he told you to put on the whole armor. Then listen to this next verse. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the, the evil day, having done all to stand. So not only does he say put it on, but he tells us twice because he knows we're sheep. We're kind of hard of hearing. We don't listen the first time. So he said, listen, put it on. And he tells us why. He says, so put it on. He tells us what it is. He says, stand therefore having your loins girt with about, about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith where you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He tells you to put all this armor on, but he tells you what to do once you got it on. He says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So you're not only to put the armor on, but we're to help each other and protect each other once we get it on. God says, I brought you together so that you'd help each other. Right. How many of you have ever reached out to somebody and say, hey, pray for me, I got a problem. Isn't it the most wonderful thing? How do you get through so much as through the prayers of the power of the power of the prayer of the saints of God? I know when I was sick, I felt it, amen. God watches over us. He says, I gave you. Get this. It's not your armor. It's his. He's letting you use it. He gives it. He equips you with it. He says, pick it up. Put it on. I think a lot of us, we've read the story about David and said, well, David couldn't wear that armor. He went out and, and, and just his regular old clothes and beat that giant. Well, guess what? God gave David all the armor he needed. Yeah. Some of us don't realize he says, hey, I've given you armor. Where's your shield of faith? Where's your breastplate of righteousness today? How righteous have you been? You know, we like those little kids who like playing in the dirt. Y'all like, remember playing in the dirt? It was fun. But there was one thing about playing in the dirt. You got what? You got dirty. You can come home, mama said, take a bath. I said, well, I'm not going to take a bath. I'm just going to change clothes. Guess what? You're still dirty. Mama knew. God says, I've given you that breastplate of righteousness. How righteous are you? When was the last time you come before your loving God and said, Father, I'm sorry. I've messed up again. Sometimes I think I ought to stop my prayer and say, Lord, it's me again. Guess what? Well, you already know. 
I've messed up again. Time and time again, our righteousness is not right. We have the truth. We know the truth. We should be doing what God tells us to do. You know, I often think it's funny he tells you to put on the helmet of salvation towards the end. And I think that's because we got salvation. God just wants us to remind us, put that helmet on so the devil don't knock no sense out of you. Your salvation was paid for on the cross. The Lord is my, my protector. But as our shepherd, he's also the way. Look at that last verse in Psalm 23. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As David wrote that, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. I will dwell in God's house. Question this morning is this, how are you living? You, you, he is your protector. He is every, your comforter. He's your shepherd. He restores you. How are you doing today? Listen to this letter that, that Jesus wrote to us in Revelation chapter 3. He says, unto the angel of the church of Sardis write these things that he has said, the, the, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. See, God knows it doesn't matter what you say, how you act. He knows the truth. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. Hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. Thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. Thou hast a few names and Sardis which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not block out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father, before, all, before his angels. So when God wrote this to the church of Sardis, he knew everything they were doing. Oh, they were coming off looking great. And that's the way we are today. We all can look great. But the question is, what's the truth? How's your life? We need to remember what the shepherd can do for us. Our strength comes to the from the shepherd. And he's here today. You know, as a child of God, I know the shepherd. Matthew 18, 11, 13 says this, For the Son of Man come to save them which was lost. How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine? And go into the mountains to seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiced more of that sheep than the ninety and nine which were astray.
How many times have you been that one sheep? I've been there. And my shepherd came for me. And I praise God that he loves me that much. You see, this morning, some of us need to be reminded of that. You think, well, I've done some bad things. I know I'm saved, but I've done some bad things. I, I, I says, I'm here for you. But the thing is, he can only be your shepherd if you know who he is. Without him, there's no hope. Why? Because the Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. And that sin happens. You say, well, well, I've sinned and I'm still alive. You will pay that price. Jesus said this. He said to you that say that. He says, John 5, 24, Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And not shall come into condemnation, but will pass from death unto life. See, when I take my last breath here, and just about many of us here today, we know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. If we are to die, the last thing we'll see, who knows what, but as soon as we take that last breath, we'll be in the presence of God. Amen. In presence of our Savior, we will pass from death unto life. Because I trust in what he says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, God doesn't want to condemn you. He wants everyone to be saved. And he's come and as a child of God, he has forgiven me. There's been times I've forgotten him, but he's restored me. This is the kind of loving shepherd we have. But if you don't know him, you don't understand what true love and true care is. It's the easiest thing in the world. Paul said in Romans 10, 9, he says, Thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. All you got to do is say it and believe it. But you got to believe what you say. It's not like a lot of us today say things that we don't mean. Used to be a man's word was his bond. Let me tell you the truth. It still is. No matter what you think, just because you've succumbed to the devil of lies who says, well, word means nothing, it still means something. Because if you say it, it should be coming out of your heart. Well, it is coming out of your heart. When I said that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and I asked him in my heart as a, my Savior, I meant what I said. Amen. Oh, there's sometimes I probably don't act like it. Mm -hmm. And God has to remind me. You are my child. But that's kind of loving God he is. You say it, you admit it, you ask him into your heart. And this morning, if you're watching or if you're here with us this morning, it's easy to get saved. It's one of the easiest things you can do. You just got to believe it. You say a prayer, the prayer is simple. Pray with me right now. Say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need you. I know you died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Thank you for loving me. Amen. It's a simple prayer. It doesn't matter if you say the same exact words or not. 
as long as you mean it in your heart. See, our shepherd knows us. And as he takes care of us, he watches over us. And he says, I've got you. Uh, you know, I, I often wondered when, and I look back, I'm so glad that God didn't say, hey, you had to clean yourself up. Aren't y'all? Because I'm still working on that. Paul said to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. One fear God and be afraid if you ain't getting it right. I, I work my salvation out every day because I slip back and forth. This life is like a slippery slope. We see the prize that we're pressing towards. Sometimes we're headed up that thing wide open doing good. Next thing you know, you step on a banana peel, you slide right back down. God says, pick you up, dust you off. says, go on, boy, we got to get back up that thing. That's the kind of loving father I have. Jesus says, there's times he's standing there and says, you ain't quite got it. Let me help you up the next step. He's always there. There's those times I've stopped and I've cried and I felt his hands on my shoulders saying, it'll be all right. You're bigger than this. I'm bigger than this. There's nothing we can't overcome. So we'll... Jesus, the doctor said, don't worry about the doctor. We've got the great position. Sometimes you say, but you don't know the things we're going through at work. Don't worry about that. He's already overcome the world. I close with this this morning. In John chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus said this. I am the good shepherd. And know my sheep, and am known of mine. Do you know my good shepherd this morning? Because I can say the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. What about you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, humbly approaching the throne of grace, Lord, we come, some with, with heavy hearts, some with burdens. Lord, some are in battles that are going on and been going on and they feel beat down. But you've told us in this psalm, it's a reminder of what you do for us. There are no, those who, who need you to, to protect. There are those who need you to lead them. There are no, those that need to be restored today. And Lord, there are those that need to know you. So Father, I come with, with, with a heart saying, Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, hear our petitions. Father, search us. Lord, some of us just need to be cleansed. Lord, to come and say, I'm sorry. Whatever the need, Father, you're the great shepherd and you're there. So, Father, have your way in this time of invitation. Lord, for the hearts that are troubled, help steal them. For the hearts that are lost, save them. For the lonely, draw them close. Thank you for all you do. I praise your wonderful name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jesus.
if you'll stand with us and turn to page 105 in the Bible. 